Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental or emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he's gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as he or she personally chooses, while accepting full responsibility for his or her own individual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Happy Thursday, everybody. And I mean everybody. Love me. Hate me. Whatever. Happy Thursday to you, and you, and you over there. Welcome back to the Last Symptom Podcast a free resource for everybody in your individual efforts to authentically recover from emotional disorders such as borderline personality disorder and uh, emotional unhealth in general that term I come up with that uh, that needed to exist but didn't I'm Brian Barnett the creator of the last symptom and the host of this show are you feeling stressed out Experiencing a little COVID fatigue? How, how, what do you think about world events? Have they got you all anxious? Is winter beginning to seem to drag on and the absence of sunlight starting to get to you? Well, have I ever told you the true story of me eating at a China buffet late one night on a Christmas Eve? Well, since we need some joy and lightheartedness every once in a while, I figured I'd tell you that story. And another true wintertime story as well of the time that I come across an old shack in the deep woods during a blizzard. So two good winter stories today. A twofer. Our primary topic related to emotional health and recovery uh, involves remote controls for your television, believe it or not. And specifically, it involves the Roku remote control. Do you know what Roku is? It started out as a little internet TV streamer that you'd plug into your TV. Now Roku actually has their own televisions, and I love them. Anyway, we're going to talk about what the Roku remote control can teach us Uh, about your approach to your recovery if authentic results are what you're after. And finally, to close out today's show, I'm going to talk to you more about the structural changes happening with the last symptom, what those changes are, and answer the question you might have had about what is truly motivating these changes that I'm making. Anyway, before we get into all this, you know the drill. I have to tell you about thelastsymptom.com. That's my home base of operations, and I'd like you to uh, go over there and take advantage of the resources provided on and through that site. It's thelastsymptom.com. 
I want to sincerely thank those of you who have donated in the last few weeks to support this show and my work. If you would like to show your support in this way, I invite you to do that through thelastsymptom.com. Although by far most of the work that I do is completely free, I do finance this time and energy through a few modest paid services over at thelastsymptom.com. So if you're interested in knowing what those are, let me tell you. One-on-one phone conversations and Zoom meetings with me, and more importantly, The Last Symptom Fundamentals course, which is a two-week pre-recorded video class. It's a superior replacement to things like DBT. I recommend, at the very least, running over to thelastsymptom.com and viewing the 30-minute welcome video for the Fundamentals course right there in the Paid Services tab of the website. Well, it snowed last night. And, you know, it was so beautiful. Everything gets so still and quiet during a heavy snow. And uh, somebody recently told me that the reason it does this is because snow absorbs acoustics. Uh, I didn't know that. But anyway, I was in my studio playing around with some things and uh, had old Ormery Orson with me. And he and I went out and took a little walk in that snow. And it got me thinking about some experiences uh, that I've had in snowy weather. That's where China Buffet and Christmas Eve comes in. My ex-wife Diana and I had a tradition of making the long drive from Philadelphia every Christmas to visit my folks back home. And on this particular Christmas, we had invited some friends with us. Uh, It was my Guatemalan friend Axel and his wife Vita. So we didn't get started until late that evening, Christmas Eve. And after a few hours of driving, everybody started getting hungry. Well, what do you reckon is open on Christmas Eve at 8 or 9 o'clock at night? (laughs) Not a whole lot. But uh, somewhere... I think we were already in West Virginia. We spotted a China buffet restaurant up on a hill. And it it was snowing something fierce. I was driving a four-wheel drive pickup truck. But uh, the snow, the snow was causing us to really take our time and drive more slowly than I would have liked. So the trip just seemed to be taken forever and ever. Anyway, we spotted this China buffet. And we all agreed that it was better than nothing. So we went in, and uh, we were literally the only four people in the whole restaurant. Of course, we peel off our coats, leave our things there at the table, and we all go to get our plates and ravage the the buffet table. And as I'm moving around, I spot uh, oysters, oysters sitting there underneath those warm buffet lights. And I think, oh yeah, oysters give me some of those oysters and I start loading up my plate with them well Diana sees me doing this she's filling up her plate with food and she sees me doing this and she comes over to me and she says you're not going to eat those are you and I said well why wouldn't I she says well look at them those things have probably been sitting there untouched all day long 
and I looked down and sure enough they didn't <laughs> they didn't look like the healthiest oysters I'd ever seen in my life but I'm telling you when you're starving and tired you just don't really spend a lot of your time overthinking these things do you so <laughs> I shrugged her off and said oh now come on uh, it'll be fine well it was not fine we all piled up into my pickup truck after the meal and we started back down the road and it weren't an hour later that my guts started churning and screaming out at me Diana in the passenger seat Axel and Vita both in the back and here my guts are just fighting some kind of war inside of me and I realize that I really need to let out some gas because if I don't I'm gonna die it was just getting to a critical point the way I had played it out in my head you know the strategy I decided I was going to take was that I was just going to tilt over to one side real casual like in my seat and just release a bit of that pent up pressure just to try to ease that gas out without making a sound and that's the way I tried to do it but when I tilted over and released that air uh, that fart that come out of me was so ridiculously terrible that I mean, it was like peeling paint. Uh, everybody noticed it. Everybody noticed it pretty quickly. And you know what? <laughs> I felt bad. I, I truly did. Uh, it was not my intention to do that to anybody. So, <laughs> so I rolled down my driver's window and I said, man, what is that smell out there? we must be driving past a, a farm or some kind of chemical plant and uh, I think that actually worked I really do I don't think anybody figured out that I had farted on them like prisoners uh, my little misdirection tactic really seemed to work but but the problem was that I could only get away with a thing like that once I mean how many chemical plants can you possibly drive past <laughs> on a road trip you know and how frequently so <laughs> I got that uh, you know I got that instant relief <laughs> when I did that but th but it didn't stop there my gut started to churn and act up again and I mean it, it felt like I was giving birth to some sort of alien creature in there and now I can't do anything about it I'm stuck in the car driving or the truck rather sitting there driving listening to uh, their conversations and I'm nodding and I'm smiling and responding with uh-huh and oh really but inside you know my my mind's just not on the conversation that they're having I'm inside I'm dying absolutely dying and I was in so much discomfort I mean I had beads of sweat rolling down my face cold chills but I realized that there was a, a gas station just about 30 miles up the road that we always stopped at to fill up the tank and uh, that was what I was going to have to hold out for so I was going to hold out get to the gas station I could stop get out to pump the gas and as I was doing it you know I could just release all this ridiculous uh, pent-up gas inside of me 
Well, that was the longest 30 minutes of my entire life. I can't tell you the suffering I went through. But uh, we finally did make it. And I mean, just in time, too. I got out, closed the door, started filling up the, the tank of my pickup truck. And I let that fart go. I was so happy for the instant relief that it was going to bring me. I mean, I think I was feeling actual joy getting out of that truck and knowing that I, this my moment had finally come. The only problem is that as soon as I let it go, I realized it was not a fart. <laughs> that was not air. Let me tell you, standing there at that gas pump with my friends all in the truck and me standing there pumping gas, I shit my pants full out, brother, just no holding back I mean I loaded my pants and oh my dear lord I was horrified here I had just spent an hour or more suffering in silence driving down the road suffering in silence out of a sense of manners and proper etiquette and now how was I going to get myself out of this situation standing there with my pants loaded to the max with diarrhea and my friends sitting right there in the truck waiting for me to finish pumping gas and to get back in the truck uh, well I'll tell you what I did I walked like a man whose knees are locked and won't bend literally it, I looked like a penguin just tilting a bit to one side pivoting setting my leg down tilting to the other side stiff leg you know, pivoting and I, and I walked like that stiff legged all the way to into the gas station all the way into the bathroom I, could, I, I couldn't make any sudden moves you know because if I did it would just all go right down my pant leg if I did so I got into the bathroom and with I'm not kidding surgical patience and skill I peeled off my pants and my boxer briefs and thank goodness it was all contained in my boxer briefs and none of it had made its way out into my pants so I figured I'd drop these destroyed britches into the trash can and get out of there without my situation having to uh, unduly affect anybody else and do you know that the trash can <laughs> the trash can was overloaded I mean it was piled up to the max with trash I could nothing else would go in there so what I had to do was take the lid off the trash can and just kind of <laughs> drape these nasty horrible wretched britches over the top of the trash that was overflowing from this trash can oh, I walked out of there praying that whoever come in to clean the bathroom would forgive me <laughs> so that's it that's the story of uh, my epic story of stopping to eat at a china buffet on Christmas Eve and uh, just about shitting myself into oblivion <laughs> talk about shifting gears let's uh, let's shift gears here now and get serious let's talk about something that's got to do with emotional health and recovery uh, back to that Roku remote I was telling you about earlier there was a time back in my 20s when technology and the internet you know was just exploding I think I got my first uh, computer 
and f very first experience with the internet would, would have been right around oh I'm going to figure 1996 or 1997 but I mean it, it was exciting it was a, an exciting time you know uh, the internet was just, uh, just imagine before that time really there was nothing like what we enjoy on the internet today I mean you listening to this show right now impossible there's just nothing anything anything like that uh, the ease with what, which we, we communicate with people now on the other side of the world and stuff like that is just uh, mind-boggling but technology and the internet was exploding I was young and naive and feverish about uh, science and technology and uh, I was bedazzled by all of the possibilities that technology offered and it was during that time when something like uh, a very complex remote control with as many buttons as could be fit on there uh, really appealed to me I, you know I didn't know what any of those buttons could possibly be for I only knew that they represented possibility and I wanted a remote control like that for myself you know, any TV I got I wanted a, I wanted the flashiest remote control I could get the one with the the most collars on it you know uh, most buttons you know the loudest in appearance that's what I wanted well I've owned quite a few remote controls like the one I just described and I can tell you that the possibility the quote unquote possibility that all of those buttons and you know the busyness uh, of of that remote control the the complexity of it all of that possibility that those things represent is false the reality is that you will use the same five buttons on that remote control for 99% of the time that you own it and that means that you will never even touch most of the other buttons emotional disorder as I define it now pay attention to the details folks uh, I talk about emotional disorder I talk about emotional unhealth these aren't necessarily the same things you know I, I talk to people who are unhealthy all the time who don't necessarily have a specific emotional disorder emotional disorder as I define it is the natural disorder that is to say that the disharmony or complications that result from living with misconceptions about the fundamental nature of feelings self and life this causes a person to approach these things in a way that is disharmonious with them in your efforts toward authentic recovery from an emotional disorder make sure that you're always reaching for the Roku remote have you have you seen what a Roku remote looks like uh, it's you know about the size of the palm of your hand it's not very big and it has just enough buttons it, it's so simple looking the simplicity of the Roku remote control I really think is uh, under 
valued. I mean, there, there might be a total of 10 buttons here. So simple, so simple to use. But that's what you want in your authentic recovery. You, you want the simple remote rather than the, the most complex, flashy, uh, busy you know, remote that you can find. Not the one with the most buttons, the one with just the right amount of buttons. The complex remote, you've seen them. I know you've seen them. If you've ever stayed in a hotel, you know, every time I stay in a hotel, I pick up the remote control and I even have I have to search for the three buttons that I need because there's 900 buttons there that I don't need and all of those buttons I don't need drown out the ones I do need. So I actually have to sit there and stare at the remote for a while before I even know which buttons to push. The complex remote looks more interesting. You know, it's got all those pretty collars and fancy buttons. It, it's appealing. I'll grant you that. I mean, I can identify with that. Like I said, there, were, there was a time when that appealed to me too. But it's not practical. You see, that's the thing. While they may look more interesting, those sorts of remote controls are not practical. It's not the most useful between the two. You know, if you've got your choice between the, the one that looks like a, uh, a 747 cockpit, <laughs> like the control panel of a 747 cockpit, uh, compared to the one that looks like, uh, you know, just so simple, just a, a little pad with, you know, maybe 10 buttons and brilliantly spaced out and, and designed. So, you know, really what we're doing here is we're making a contrast and a comparison between uh, things that may look more appealing as opposed to things that are simply more practical. You know, and in your recovery, what do you want? Well, you want the thing that is the most practical, not the thing that is the most uh, complicated. Because do you know what? The more complex remote control manages to bring into your life? Complication. Yeah. The more complex remote control complicates your life. But the Roku remote control is brilliant in that it actually makes life simpler. You see, it provides everything you need and nothing that you don't need. Your recovery depends on you being able to distinguish between what is simply complicating your recovery from what is facilitating it, from what's making it simpler. Those in the professional community who enjoy going into uh, theorizing and philosophizing about multiple possible causes for your problems and a, a million different contradictive approaches and explanations for everything? Do you figure that they're helping you? You think that's helpful? The reality is that they're complicating what can be very simple. Dump those sorts of people and go hire a different one. Recently, uh, I was shopping for uh, 
some kind of sleep system for my dog. Uh, they're not really made for the cold, and uh, so what I figured I'd do is I'd develop some sort of sleep system for them that they could carry in their own saddlebags, you know, their own backpack that I wouldn't have to carry, and then we would get into camp, and I could pull out, you know, a little bed for them and, uh, to keep them insulated from the ground and also give them something to crawl into rather than them having to pack in under underneath my sleeping bag. Doesn't that seem so simple? <laughs> it seems like I could just get online, type in dog sleeping bag, and boom. Uh, just have it ordered in five minutes and have it delivered here in three days. But that's not what happened. What happened was that uh, I typed in dog uh, packable bed and uh, there were 19 million options to choose from did that simplify my life <laughs> did did having all of those options simplify my life not really uh, what I thought was going to be very simple turned into like a three hour shopping chore and you know the, the irony is is that 90% of them were almost identical. It's just, you know, I'd never owned one of these dog sleeping bags before, so I had to, the pictures weren't giving me the whole story. I had to to do all kinds of research to find out what the material was, read the reviews, and, you know, it, it's funny because I'd read the review on one, and it'd just have these glowing reviews. Oh, this is great. And what I was really trying to do is I was trying to get an idea of the packability of the thing. What, what could I pack it down to? And how much space would it take up you know because it's got to be something that will fit in the dog's backpack um, but also how cushiony is it you know these are things that you really you can't make out from a picture so I had to do all this uh, research and I'd look up one and just have glowing reviews and I'd go to the next one which looked to me identical to the the one I just finished reading all the glowing reviews about and all the reviews on it were negative so I said, well, what's going on here? Are these really that different? Uh, the whole thing was very complicated. It, it took up a lot of my time that probably did not need to be taken up. Uh, if I had searched it and just, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, there, I picked this one, I probably would have ended up with the same thing as the one that I ended up buying after three hours of shopping and research, Right. So it didn't, it didn't facilitate anything, having all of these different options of the same thing and having all of these reviews and all of these pictures. and It didn't simplify anything because uh, after three hours, I mean, like I say, I probably could have picked one at random and ended up with pretty much the same thing. So if I had typed it in, gotten three uh, results, that probably would represent the 900,000 pretty well that I saw on the web on the website on Amazon but you get the idea the conversation here is about uh, being wise enough to identify what may seem great you know it may seem great that there's 9,000 different options for dog sleeping bags to buy it seems great but not when they're all the same sleeping bag and you know you're really only looking at three different sleeping bags once you once you eliminate what are really just re repeats 
of the same products. Think about that and then think about walking into a bookstore or, uh, you know, speaking of Amazon, looking for a book about borderline personality disorder on Amazon. How many results do you think you'll get? Or, you know, how many books do you think you'll find? Uh, probably hundreds. Probably hundreds. If you do a YouTube search, how many people do you think you'll find talking about borderline personality disorder? Probably hundreds, if not more than that. So here's my point. There's no need for you to read you know, 14 different books, all of them saying subtly different things about the same subject. There's no need for you to be subscribed to 50 different YouTube channels all on the same subject, but again, all saying subtly different contradictory things. That's not the road to any authentic cure. That's not how I got here. That's uh, not the way that I finally managed to authentically rid myself of borderline personality disorder. You know, the possibilities that all these things seem to offer is attractive. It was attractive to me. But at some point, I had to get real. I had to make an honest evaluation about which approach was going to produce real results. Was it going to be me consuming an endless supply of contradicting information? Was it going to be swimming forever in an endless sea of authors and experts? Was uh, I going to get anywhere for real, getting my kicks in complexity and highfalutin complex terminology and ridiculous philosophical meanderings? What good does it do you when somebody says, well, you know, the cause of borderline personality disorder might be what good does that do you? That doesn't do you any good. My question would be, why are you wasting my time with, with might-be's? I don't, I don't need might-be's. I need concrete answers. If you just got might-be to give me, you're, you're just wasting my time. You know, I don't take my car to the mechanic, say, uh, hey, uh, I want to pay you $200 to figure out what's wrong with my car looks at your car for a couple hours comes back and he says well you know what it might be <laughs> so uh, I want my $200 back and I, I want to go to somebody else I want, I want a mechanic to tell me what is the problem not what might be the problem or what might be the cause of the problem you see it it seems to have value it's one of those things that seems to have value and it's absolutely absolutely valueless it's like that remote control 900,000 buttons it looks very flashy it looks very attractive it seems very nice but all of those buttons are not making your life simpler um, they're actually complicating it. So, you know, it's a matter of do you have the wisdom to see through these things that seem great and really stripping away, uh, stripping, you know, the 
stripping the illusion away from them and trying to get to the most important thing. And that is, will it give me real results? Does it provide me solid answers? Does it simplify my recovery? Does it simplify and contribute to my recovery? Or does it complicate and obstruct my recovery? The path to authentic recovery is spelled KISS, K-I-S-S. I think I learned this from a Stephen King novel at some point. I think I learned it from uh, his book on writing, um, actually. don't know, I can't believe I can remember that, but I'm pretty sure that's where I learned this. From Stephen King's book about the art of writing, uh, he said, the path to good writing is KISS. Well, that's the path to authentic recovery, too. K-I-S-S. KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. So I no longer value these complex, uh, flashy remote controls. What I value is the Roku remote control. It's perfection. It's much more beautiful to me than the one with a thousand buttons. Because the simpler remote control is more practical. It's more practically made. You Think about it. It gets me where I'm trying to go in half the time, even with my eyes closed and the lights turned off. I've said it many times before, but it bears repeating over and over and over again. Anytime you find yourself being seduced by complexity, reel yourself in and choose to simplify 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 you want the information that you are consuming to seem like it was written for five-year-olds and you want to be able to understand it so well that you can turn right around and explain it to a five-year-old in a way that they can grasp it's simplicity and understanding and explanations that will get you where you're trying to go not complexity too many experts get their highs off of complexity and many times they do this not in your best interest but rather they do it for themselves don't be seduced by it Uh, there's a girl that I had a little fling with uh, in Philadelphia she's a chiropractor and the other day I saw some kind of social media thing that, that she did for her chiropractic business And in it, she's talking to you and me, right, as potential clients. Well, what does she do? She goes, uh, you know, she's touching different parts of her body, and she's saying, you know, if you've got pain here, and and she's using all these medical terms. And and I, I caught myself thinking, why doesn't she just say neck? You know, that's what she's talking about. She's talking about her neck. And why doesn't she just say shoulder rather than pulling out the medical terminology for all the individual muscles and everything. She knows that her audience is not going to understand these things. Right? I don't understand them. You don't understand them. Any of her potential clients, they've not gone to medical school. They've not learned medical anatomy. So why is she using these words on us? Well, it's pretty clear why. (laughs) She's doing it for herself. She's doing it to sell an image, right? It's it's an illusion. Look look at how much I know. You want to be you know you want to be my client because look at how smart I am. 
that doesn't appeal to me and uh, I don't know how many of you it appeals to I know that it does appeal to some people it just doesn't appeal to me you know I, I caught myself thinking if I were a chiropractor and I was doing that commercial or that social media uh, advertisement to try to draw in clients I would talk to people uh, in a way that was genuine what's wrong with say a neck my neck you know if you've got stiffness in your neck <laughs> that's what she was talking about but she had to make it as complicated as possible for the appearance of it you know for the to create this image of of great complexity and and skill and, and everything like this when she could have just said if you've got a stiff neck you know come in here and and I'll squeeze around on it <laughs> or you know whatever uh, wording she wanted to use there my point is is that professionals do this a lot uh, they do it for themselves it doesn't help you it doesn't help you any I mean, think about her talking to her clients that way yeah, and, the, and she's pulling out all this complex medical ter terminology, anatomy term terminology that nobody knows. If you don't know what it means, what good does it do you? Now, granted, it's probably got a great use when she's talking to colleagues or she's you know, conferring with other people in her field. But when she's talking to you and me, um, it's got no, it's got no practical purpose. It doesn't do you any good at all. It's not for you. Well, it's the same way with, uh, you know, the therapists and psychologists. When they go philosophizing and theorizing, speculating, what good does that do you? It doesn't do you any good. It's not for you. It's for them. They do it for themselves. Don't be seduced by that. Remember what your objective is. Your objective is to really do whatever you have to do to recover in an authentic way from this emotional disorder. That requires concrete answers, concrete insights, a little bit of elbow grease, you know, doing your part of the work. I remember that uh, the therapist I was seeing in Newtown, Pennsylvania. She had just sit me down and just let me talk. Never, never did she say, well, you know, the reason for that is this. Never did she say, do you know where that comes from? Well, I'm going to tell you. Never did she say, have you thought about this? Have you made the connection that the way you're feeling or these behaviors might be coming from this certain thing? Never did that. Instead, she just let me talk. So I'd talk for 45 minutes. She'd say, all right, well, it was nice seeing you, and I'd go. Well, that might have felt good. Sometimes, it, you know, it did feel good. But what practical help was it for me in first recognizing uh, the disorder that I live with and then fixing it? It... There was no practical, it did not contribute practically in any way to that. So when you're searching for your personal therapist, psychologist, and sources of information, go into it with simplicity as a fundamental requirement for anybody 
that you're going to offer the job to. If you hire them and two weeks in you realize that they're more interested in complexity and in sounding smart and in appearing smart and in following some kind of imaginary script you know that they believe people in their profession must follow for I don't know who invented that but a lot of them seem to believe that that if you're in that profession here's the way you sit here's the way you talk you don't do this and you don't do that and you don't act like a human and you don't treat people like humans yeah if you get one of those there there's those are the stinker therapists you know you don't want a stinker therapist go find a better one so they work for you not the other way around fire them and go get the next one until you find the one that treats you like a person uh, simplifies things gives you concrete answers and so forth you want the Roku remote not the the remote control with the 900,000 different colored buttons well that's uh, that discussion let's talk about these changes that I'm making to the structure of the last symptom groups that I host before I explain the distinct purpose for each of these new and improved last symptom groups, let's address a subject Yins might be wondering about. Some have assumed that the current changes I'm making are for political reasons. But here's the thing. Uh, the last symptom has never tangled itself up in politics. I've never done that on this show. I've never done it in my writings, never done it on the website, never done it anywhere. The last symptom has never tangled itself up in politics. So most people should already know that this is strictly true. And that my commitment has been, you know, I've proven it over and again. That my commitment is in appealing to all sorts of people, regardless of their personal beliefs or personal lifestyles in so much as those beliefs and lifestyles are not a directly related barrier to their authentic recovery from an emotional disorder. It's for people's authentic recovery the last symptom exists for and nothing else. As creator of the last symptom, I evaluate decisions involving the last symptom from a business standpoint, not a political standpoint. I have a Znet article here that I think does a pretty good job of demonstrating that Facebook is simply no longer the smartest business investment. Current trends indicate that other, uh, fresher platforms are better places to establish my work and that they offer better long-term reliability and promise for this aspect of my work. Here's some highlights from this uh, ZDNet article. It says, uh, anti-Facebook, MeWe, social network, adds 2.5 million new members in one week. It says people all over the world are leaving Facebook and Twitter and privacy-first social network, MeWe, is scooping these disaffected users up onto its platform. Um says there's been a growing movement away from social media giants such as Facebook and Twitter recently. Users are getting fed up 
with relentless privacy violations, surveillance capitalism, political bias targeting, and newsfeed manipulation by these companies. And other social media platforms are benefiting from this tidal wave. Los Angeles-based social media network MeWe, touted to be the ad-free future of social networking, is currently the number one downloaded social app in the Google Play Store and the number three downloaded app out of all apps in the store. The privacy-first anti-Facebook platform added 2.5 million new members in the last week. Since launching in 2016, it surged to 9 million users in October 2020, doubling its membership during each of the last three years. The platform is currently sitting at 15.5 million members, 50% of whom are outside of North America. MeWe is now translated into 20 languages and is currently the number one social app in Hong Kong. The company says that its membership spikes frequently as people worldwide seek a social network that respects them as customers to be delighted, not with data to share, target, or sell. MeWe is the most downloaded social app and number three in the list of most downloaded apps as of January 15th, 2021, which was, I think, this week. It was knocked off the top slot by alternatives to WhatsApp, two apps called Signal and Telegram. Uh, I now officially use Signal in my work with The Last Symptom. Users are becoming disillusioned by the data gathering from platforms such as Facebook. MeWe, on the other hand, gives users total control over their data along with privacy, no ads, no targeting, no facial recognition, no data mining, and no news feed manipulation. It says the main feed can become a little overwhelming at times, but you quickly learn to focus on the information you want to see. I think the platform will continue to grow more and more as more and more users come to enjoy the freedom of the feed and the ad-free look and feel. So those are just some highlights from the article. I mentioned the article to highlight uh, my point that Facebook is simply no longer the smartest business investment from my perspective. Current trends indicate that other fresher platforms are better places to establish, get established right now. You know, while um, while these changes, while these changes and shifts are happening, rather than later. Facebook is the past. These fresh platforms are the future. So. The current last symptom Facebook groups that I host will eventually come to a close. I haven't determined a fixed time period for this yet, but it is coming. I don't know who owns the new platforms that I've moved to, and I don't care. What I care about is their business policies, the quality of the platforms, and a secure, long-term future that ensures my greatest ongoing control over my own work. So, two groups I've got. I've got my primary group, which is on the Locals platform. It's now on the Locals platform. 
So you can download the Locals app and you just search for the last symptom. Things are, have been growing there steadily. I'm very happy with that. And uh, there's a lot of good content on there. That, uh, so we'll just refer to that as the last symptom locals, okay? But it's the last symptom community on the locals platform. In the way, in, you know, in the case of the locals platform, the way it's set up and operates is just plain ingenious from a business and a quality control standpoint. The last symptom community on the locals platform is my new premier group moving forward. I've never had a premier group before, meaning that it gets the best stuff. It gets my primary focus, and I reserve certain premier content for it. On Last Symptom Locals, there are two different groups of people there. There are subscribers, and there are supporters. Subscribers are those who have joined the community there and have access to most of the basic content at absolutely no cost. Supporters on the other hand are those who willingly and choose to pay a small monthly subscription fee that supports not only the last symptom community but that also supports the locals platform itself. It's because of supporters that the platform is able to run without ads, not spy on you, not steal your data, not discriminate against you, not manipulate your timeline and things like this, while at the same time offering you a first-class platform and a first-class user experience. Since everybody, both subscribers and supporters alike, you know, are contributing to the success of the last symptom community on Locals simply by being there, all members of last symptom Locals deserve certain perks like access to content that's uh, unavailable elsewhere original videos pictures articles conversations and and so forth for example i recorded uh, a video tonight of me actually recording this show from an angle that you don't usually get to see to show you uh, my process here for recording the show each week and so that video is going to get loaded up to the last symptom community on the locals platform and nowhere else so if you want to see it you got to join me over there at locals so this uh, access to certain uh, premier content the fact that uh, everybody who uh, is part of the community on locals deserves that uh, that's especially true for the supporters at locals since they are financially contributing to the last symptom with their monthly supporter status. So for that reason, there will be content from time to time, even on last symptom locals, that will only be accessible to supporters rather than to both subscribers and supporters. This is proper and fair since it's their financial support, again, that in part allows me to do these sorts of things at all. However, what would not be fair is for me to fail to provide some sort of forum for those who really can't afford to spend seven dollars a month but that benefit from having access to discussions and personal participation in these types of forums remember that not long ago I was so poor that I myself could not have easily paid 
for something so relatively trivial while often not having enough money for gas and groceries. Anybody who thinks that just everybody can spend $7 a month on such a thing without it being a real burden has apparently never struggled in life as much as I did during the years of my own recovery. At that time, for me, $7 might as well have been $7 million. That's truly how tight things were. So I'm always sensitive to those who might be going through their own periods of financial difficulty and bad luck. And so this is where me, we comes in. This is my second group. The last symptom, MeWe group, and the way you can find that is you just create an account on MeWe. It's like Facebook, only better. And uh, you go into the groups, the groups section of uh, MeWe, and you search for The Last Symptom by Brian Barnett. That's the name of the group. The Last Symptom by Brian Barnett. It might have been something else last week. I can't remember but I have changed it since last week. But that's the way you'd find it now. The Last Symptom by Brian Barnett. The Last Symptom MeWe group is meant to replace the Facebook education group that everybody's been used to. Last Symptom Locals, on the other hand, is meant to be an entirely new premier community for those who want the first class experience especially if one is willing to take the extra extra step of being a monthly supporter, which is not obligatory. Though I have a number of monthly supporters at uh, Last Symptom Locals already, that is, monthly paid supporters, I hope to see more diversity in discussions and postings. Right now, monthly supporters haven't really taken full advantage of their supporter-only benefit of actively creating their own comments, posts, and conversations. But with time, this will evolve and their voices will be more greatly featured rather than me doing all the talking all the time. One of the things that makes the last symptom community on locals a premier atmosphere is the requirement to be a monthly supporter in order to comment and create posts. You know, if, as I say, if you're not a supporter, you're just a subscriber, you can access most of the content. So you can read the articles, you can see the posts. You just can't contribute in the conversations that go on within those posts. So that requirement to be a monthly supporter in order to comment and create posts is is nice because it's going to go a long way in elevating you know, the quality of that community. It'll go a long way in keeping out disingenuous people and keep the quality of conversations refined, which I believe is quite brilliant. After all, not too many people are going to pay $7 a month for the opportunity to purposely waste my time and their own. But then again, maybe I'm underestimating my haters. But don't let all this talk about last symptom locals make you think that I'm not also very excited about MeWe. I'm extremely excited about MeWe and of all the potential it offers. For one, it allows me to continue the same group atmosphere that everybody has enjoyed until now, 
in my Facebook education group. And it also gives everybody an equal opportunity regardless of financial circumstances. The platform is free to all. And when I say that, I mean it's full featured and free. And there are in fact other outstanding groups on MeWe in addition to The Last Symptom. I've joined several of them myself. Backpacking, bushcraft, travel, photography. And you know, this, these are not groups with five members in them. They, they have many thousands of members in some cases. I'm talking hundreds of thousands. So it's not like the last symptom has to be the only reason that a person creates an account there. On a personal note, MeWe allows me to abandon my personal Facebook account, something I've been wanting to do for years, while at the same time being able to enjoy the pleasure of having an active social media account. Plus, I get an improved experience minus any of the drawbacks that Facebook carries along with it. In fact, I realized that I was enjoying MeWe so much that after only a week, I went ahead and upgraded my account for the extra benefits the small cost provides. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm just brutally honest here. I didn't like MeWe when I first signed up for it. It, it wasn't familiar to me. I didn't kind of, you know, I, it didn't seem that attractive to me. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like back to the Roku remote control. (laughs) The more I used it, the more I realized this thing has everything I want and nothing I don't. It does everything. It's got more than Facebook has. And the things that it does have that Facebook doesn't have are things that I really want to use. MeWe has uh, unique features that makes Facebook feel outdated and stale. There's this uh, feature on there that... uh, an on, like an ongoing group chats but it's like a com- it's like you're actually in a room having a conversation with a, a thousand different people who all share a common interest you know uh, for example uh, this uh, Red River Gorge group that I joined uh, in Kentucky uh, that I mean the Red River Gorge is in Kentucky I joined this group on MeWe that is on that topic and it's just great, uh, this ongoing group chat. I just comes up and I peek in every once in a while, see what people are talking about, and it's just great. There's a, a video feature that allows you to live stream yourself while at the same time showing your viewers what you're looking at and seeing on the other side of your phone. By util- It utilizes both the front-facing and rear-facing cameras on your phone. You know, I could have really used that for my live stream in the woods a couple, few weeks back. There are an endless variety of reactions. You know, like on Facebook, when you like something, you just do a thumbs up or a heart. On MeWe, you don't just have a thumbs up and a heart. You've got access to like 100 different emojis. There's many other improvements on MeWe over Facebook that I'm just still discovering. Basically, MeWe offers everything Facebook does and more. And MeWe does it better in many cases. And they do it with a commitment to privacy, being ad-free, and some other really tremendous perks. This is where I'm making my investment for the last symptom. Not back on the old stale Facebook. You can stay there if you want, but I'm not going to. I'm going with the future, you know, the, the better thing. Another tremendous benefit of uh, MeWe is that it allows me to create multiple individual groups with multiple individual purposes 
just as I had in place on Facebook, but again with a superior platform, superior tools, and a superior overall user experience. So I think I mentioned to you that the last symptom now has a MeWe general education group, which is the last symptom by Brian Barnett that I talked about earlier. But I've also been able to create a MeWe group specifically dedicated to those who are taken or have completed the last symptom fundamentals course. That is called the last symptom alumni group, which is which has moved exclusively now to MeWe. And I consider it an inseparable part of the overall experience for those taking the Last Symptom Fundamentals course. That group's not open to the general public. That's only open to uh, those who specifically have taken the Last Symptom Fundamentals course or are currently taking it. Though I love the Locals platform, and it is my primary focus moving forward, and I look forward to investing heavily in it, Locals doesn't offer me an easy way to create multiple groups like like MeWe does. You know, many people like being members of multiple last symptom groups at a time, and indeed, many qualify for this. But if they had to pay a subscription cost multiple times for you know each group that they want to be able to participate in, and that's just not a reasonable arrangement to expect of anybody, it'd be different if a person could pay a single supporter's cost and then just have access to multiple related groups, but that's not how... Uh, it, you know, I suppose I could do something like that on locals, but um, yeah, I, I just I like having the two platforms, the two different places where people can be. For those who don't want to spend any money whatsoever, don't want to be uh, held back from seeing certain things because you know they don't want to pay to be a supporter, and that's what MeWe allows me to have. Uh, it's like having my cake and eating it too. Locals and MeWe. So that's uh, all I wanted to talk to you about today. Uh, I want to uh, finish with my story, that my second snow slash wintertime story, and that's about the old shack in the woods. Um, I was probably 14 or 15. There had been this enormous blizzard overnight, and so school was canceled. The woods were just beautiful, just beautiful, with about... Oh, I'm going to guess between three to five feet of snow. Just as quiet as could be. Big fat snowflakes coming down the next day still. And I got suited up and I decided I was just going to go as far out into the woods as I could. It was a lot of work hiking through that snow. But just, I could not pass up that beauty. And I got uh, way back in the woods. And I come up on a shack. An old shack was probably a, a hundred years old then. First time I'd seen it. And here's what I remember about finding that shack in the woods. Is that uh, door was knocked off of it. And I just walked right in. And part of the roof was missing. Rotted away or something over the years. But there in the corner, you know, 
the, the part that the roof still covered, and all the snow, by the way, had come in to this shed from the hole in the roof and the open door, but away from the door and away from the hole in the ceiling, uh, the ground was completely dry. It looked like uh, not a drop of water had touched that ground because it didn't have a floor. It just it was just the ground was the floor. Uh, it looked like not a drop of water had touched that ground in a hundred years. But sitting over in that corner was an old table and two chairs. And sitting on that table was a deck of old cards, of playing cards. And I went over there. This was probably like 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the, in the afternoon or evening, whatever you call it. I went over and sat down in that chair and just kind of looked around that, that shack. And you know what I thought? I thought, I could live here. <laughs> I could live here. This is so peaceful. I don't even mind the hole in the roof. If, if I had food and I had water, I could live here and be happy. So, so simplistic. No swimming pool out back. <laughs> no uh, central air. No cable television. No electric at all. I think I did find a candle in there too. But that's what I thought. You know, I, just, I could just stay here. Um, it's just beautiful. It was just so beautiful. And isn't it uh, strange how when, you know, the older you get, the more complex life gets. And, and we do it to ourselves, don't we? We kind of forget how beautiful simple things are. I mean, life does get more complicated, and we've got responsibilities and those sorts of things. But uh, even today, I often think back to that shack in the woods on that very snowy day and the peace that I felt in there and just the, the coziness and comfort. What I thought I could do even is that I could build a fire just right there on the ground over there by the door underneath that open, that big gaping hole in the, in the roof. And with that, I, I mean, I'd just be fine. I could have stayed there for days. So peaceful. Anyway, that's my story. Uh, you know, we're coming into the weekend here. I hope you guys will do something nice for yourselves. And thanks for letting me talk about all this technical jargon and uh, disrupt your lives by making all these changes here uh, lately. I know it's a, it seems like a hassle for some of you. I know it doesn't make sense to some of you. I know that uh, many will kind of uh, reflexively rebel at the idea of going to me, we, and locals for to follow the last symptom. That's fine. You don't have to. I'm making that move anyway. <laughs> so... Uh, <clears throat> So you can come or you don't have to, but I'm, I'm making that move anyway. And I, th I do think you'll be missing out. There's a, I got a lot of good things planned. And once the dust kind of settles on this, on all these disruptions, which I, I know it is a disruption, but it, I think it's a, a positive disruption. And, you know, like I posted on to, uh, 
the last symptom MeWe group. Uh, I think my first post there was, this is very disruptive, it's a hassle, it's scary, and it's uh, uncomfortable. Or is it fresh and exciting? Well, it probably depends, doesn't it, on how you choose to think about it and look at it. Like I said, I wasn't really I wasn't really crazy about it at first myself. But the more I played around with it, the more content I got on my personal page, the more I, I got familiar with things there, the more I began to realize that this is just better. So, you know, it just it probably depends on how you choose to look at it. If you start thinking of Facebook as being old and stale, it probably loses its, its appeal to you. And if you start thinking about the new thing as, wow, well, you know, I had kind of fallen into a funk. It's, it's time for a little adventure and something new. Shake things up a little bit. Let's, let's get something new and fresh in here. Well, then that, that might make all the difference. So anyway, do something nice for yourselves this week. End and, uh, you know, with intent. Don't wait for it to happen. Sit down and say, what am I going to do nice for myself this weekend? We, we do nice things for people we genuinely care about. And that's why it's so important for us to get into this tradition. Because you're, you're trying to work toward genuinely liking yourself. And so just like anybody that you do something nice for, yeah, you got to start doing nice things for yourself too. It doesn't have to be huge or crazy. You know, don't go out and buy a, a boat or anything like that, but you know, buy yourself a, a little Debbie cake or a Twinkie, a uh, bottle of wine, a, a new song. Uh, I got one to recommend to you. Richest Man by the group Balsam Range. Richest Man by Balsam Range. You'll love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is me taking off. I'll see you next week, same place, same time. Have a great weekend. Mm-hmm.